decent timeline for number 48. Four of us. Scotty's back from Idaho. We should have had him and, uh, and other places because he was all over the place. So <laughs> tell your friends. Mm-hmm. What is up, gents? What's up, man? Not nothing. Not a nada. Not a whole lot. Not a, no. Not a nada. Ready for spring. I second that. I'm ready for spring <laughs> as well. I don't know, man. It's been such a weird fucking winter here. It's just super dry and sucks. Yeah, we haven't had a ton of cold or a ton of snow, but no, not at all. <clears throat> spring's coming and that'll bring lots of snow. I hope so for you guys, because that gets the rivers rocking for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, my only concern is the uh, the burn areas. Mm-hmm. When we start getting that runoff, man, shit could get bad quick and stay that way for a long time. Yeah, yeah, especially up where those fires were, man. They've already had some problems. Is Big Thompson in lane and one of the fire lanes up there to come down in? Um, I don't know how much that'll be affected. I know fires got to that part of the park, but I think, I don't think there was, you know, like some of the stuff west of that, that's, I mean, these river canyons just got totally scorched and even the ground was like, so, I mean, there's nothing left. So the, uh, runoff's going to be awful. It's going to erode the ground super bad I mean, it'll last for years. It's going to be bad for years. It's just a matter, and all of that dumps into the Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears> so, at least way past where you guys are. Remains that's, to be seen, sense. but it's going to be. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, because that's, that's some of the most prime fishing in the in the state, you know. So exactly, mm-hmm. and some of the prettiest mm-hmm. places to fish too, man. It's really pretty up in there. Yeah, yeah I re- I remember. Uh, when the Heyman fire happened in the South Platte just got, I mean, I remember looking at that water going the, every fish in here is dead. I mean, it's just black just coming down. Mm. And I mean, it was done for like four or five years after the Heyman fire, but it yeah. slowly started coming back. And I mean, uh, it changed the bottom too, man. I mean, uh, there's so much silt in there for years and years. And I mean, you could see it down there. You step in, it's just like a black cloud that comes up off the bottom. Uh, but you know, their stocking program worked and there's some nice fish back in there. I don't think it's as good as it was before the Haven fire, because I think it used to just be all just grass like grass underneath, you know, hydrilla and stuff that was down there. The fish would hang in, but it's still well, not good. only that it's, I mean, the bug life still hasn't even come mm-hmm. close to recovering. So, you know, and that's what sparks everything off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it came back a lot quicker than, um, than I thought it was going to take, you know, but which is good because a lot of people fish it evidently. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jackson told me he went and fished. Uh, they went up and uh, hiked up Gill Trail and they got to the family hole and they looked up the river and they were like, there's no place to fish. Everybody in the whole city of Denver was down there fishing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they got, they walked back to the truck drove up to the top and then hiked back in from the top. And, uh, he said there was, there was few people up there, but he was surprised to see the few people that were even up that far. Cause I don't know. Have you ever hiked that in there, Scott? Oh, all the time. That's the only way I fish it. 
Yeah. He, I mean, it's not an easy hike back out. And, uh, uh, he was like, man, he's like, there's just people in there. And he's like, but we found a spot up there. So I was like, jeez, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, every time I go in there, the most I've ever seen actually fishing was three other people in over like four hours. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a pretty, I mean, it's not, it ain't going to kill you, but it's, uh, no. it's a rough hike getting back out of there, going back out through the top. And, uh, but it's worth it. If you can do it, it's worth it. I'll tell you, I did a shocking day with the Department of Wildlife uh, when I was living there, and that's where we shocked at. And we actually got to drive in the trucks down to the bottom because they had all the gear. They started shocking there, and I could not believe the amount of fish and the amount of big fish that oh, were yeah. up there. And I'm like, man, I fish here not all the time, but quite a bit. And dude, I ain't never seen any fish that are this big in here. And just, it was just crazy how many I've fish seen them. I just can't catch them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I've seen legit just, 24, 25 inch fish in there pretty regularly. Almost. I'd yeah. say I've seen two footers every time I've been gone in there, but typically awesome. like those bigger fish, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't give trout too much credit for being smart, but they are instinctual and those bigger fish are sitting in spots where you cannot get a fucking drift to them, man. I'm like, how do they know? <laughs> and if you can get your flies in there, it's not a good dead drift. It's like, not exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, they just, they like, just find these, these pockets of microcurrents where, you know, all the hydraulics are just perfect where they can just sit there and, you know, I try to throw men's after men's after men's. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just launch a bunch of line out, do stack men's. I'm going to go down below them and throw up. I'm going to go above them and swing down and just can't get to them. And they just sit there flipping at the bird laughing at you the whole time. Yeah. They're like, I can see everything so you're bitch. trying and it's not working. Uh-huh. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm 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 glad that people are fishing up there, but I'm kind of sad to hear that as well too. Especially when Jackson was telling me how many people were all the way up the river. I mean, because I usually don't hike up that. I would just go right to the family hole and just waylay on fish in there and not have to walk, you know, two miles up the river. Like yeah, that's what everybody miles. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just skip it over. I'm like, I'll just stay down here. I'll see you guys after lunch. And so <laughs> that was back when uh, I used to fish with people <laughs> this week i have fish with nobody <laughs> so like <laughs> i need somebody to make fun of me or something man i need somebody to throw rocks at me or something yeah and so but it's too cold man none of my buddies want to go that's why i miss they must scott because scott scott to go fishing when it's negative five outside oh yeah dude it's perfect out let's go yeah. Dude, I he saw all those, cold. all the memes going all over the place of uh, Bernie Sanders all tucked in his fucking thing with his with his mask on and his big old mittens, mittens and shit. And I was like, "Hey, that's Rob when I take him fishing in the wintertime. <laughs> Except that's not a mask; it's a it's a buff, big old like big scarf, fleece <laughs> buff. It's exactly right. Baklava. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get the keys. I need to go re-rig in the car. See, oh, yeah, okay. I'm gonna walk up there, man. My my yeah. fly line's got a an inch and a half diameter around the whole entire line. Yeah, it, it won't it won't even sink anymore. My leader's got 
ice on it. My flies are frozen. Let me put them in my mouth for a few minutes to unfreeze them from the ice cubes that they're made into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth uh, right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, forget that. Mm-hmm. It's got to keep them in the water, man. The water's, the water's above uh-huh. freezing. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. Dude, I remember. Yeah, last time I fished the Colorado, dude, we we were going to, I wanted to fish the Roaring Fork too, but we get to the Colorado and below the Roaring Fork, it was just like massive, massive slush and ice rolling down the river. Or like, God damn it. I don't know, man. We're not going to be able to fish. So we go up and I'm like, God, we didn't see any of that in the canyon heading up there and get up there and it's all coming from the roaring fork i mean the roaring Mm. fork was solid ice just blowing a huge freaking ice blow into the colorado so we ended up fishing above it but did pretty good i mean we were no not that far Mm. that exit's still closed i mean you could probably like yeah, they've got it coned off on the off-ramp, the eastbound off-ramp. So I was like, man, I bet we could just pull off and park by the cones and walk down and go fish. <laughs> Dude, the funniest thing. I have a truck that, here when we get back, but whatever. Somebody does sideswiped it. The funniest thing, I remember, I remember one time, you know how when you drive up White Camp and you go up in that last big parking spot on the right-hand side before yeah, right you get before to the, the wire? Key. Yeah. Yeah. One day uh, we got up there and Bob was like, man, there's too much ice in the snow. I was like, well, go down to that riffle right there. And uh, he's down there screwing around. And he's fishing. And I stomp off like a 40-foot piece of ice. And I kick it out in the water. <laughs> and I'm watching. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, it's going to hit him. It's going to hit him. And the ice was maybe like a quarter-inch thick. It was not even thick. It hits him. And number one, it scared the crap out of me, screamed like crazy. And second, it damn near knocked him in the water because the chunk was so big. <laughs> Dude, he's oh, yeah. jumping through that stuff, man. I was laughing so hard. He was so pissed off. But, man, oh, it was bet. so funny, man. Because you know how it comes down to that braid, that little <laughs> island right there? He oh, yeah. was right at that right side, and I kicked it off, and that thing went perfectly right over right where he was at <laughs> it just about killed him it's so big i was laughing oh well when i was fishing the colorado a few weeks ago it wasn't as bad but there was quite a bit of ice floating down the river and i had a couple times where i was you know mid thigh deep knee deep or so in water and all of a sudden i'm fishing and all of a sudden bam i get to like a three quarter inch thick slab of ice try to take my legs out from under me and almost did i'm like oh shit it's that no sucks. joke man so um clear creek man i don't know if you've ever fished it in the winter time first of all if you do oh, yeah. it's streamer it's dangerous have you, have you seen the ice how it forms underneath the water that's some weird stuff man that ice is like you're walking along and you'll see these big huge pieces of ice that are on the bottom that are I don't know how they're freezing, but they they start to build from the bottom and up to the top, I guess. I almost died there one time falling through the ice up by Georgetown. Man, that scared me. I was by huh. myself, too. Mm-hmm. These stuff you got to worry about, BJ, you live in Pennsylvania. You don't have to worry about super <laughs> stuff like that. Death mm-hmm. on the river. <laughs> yeah, death by fishing. Our sh- our streams are so small, they just freeze over, and you can't oh. fish them. 
<laughs> Even the tailwaters well, out there? No, I would say like God, if you're gonna go fish that, it's not enough to tell. It's it's so sketchy in the wintertime. Some of that ice. I mean, I've had spots where I'm walking along and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not a small specimen, and I'm like walking <laughs> in the ice. Yeah. I, I'm kind of hopping up and down, going, okay, it's not gonna break, so I'm all good. And I'm standing there and I'm fishing, and all of a sudden, chunk, and I just like fall through the ice. But you know, I make sure that I'm if I'm on ice. I know that the water beneath it is only a few inches deep, you know, but right. man, it just takes one misstep and that water is so friggin' powerful. And if you lose your footing and you get pulled under the ice and that water could just like friggin' pin you under there, man, it's, it's sketchy. So, I mean, I honestly, when, uh, before the Idaho trip, cause I know the, obviously the, the rivers we were fishing are, you know, eight, 9,000 CFS. And I mean, that one of them pushed up to 17,000 CFS. And I'm like, I know it's going to be below freezing and that water temp is freaking cold. And you make one wrong move. Those rivers are slick. You could go in quick and that cold water will shock you. It'll take your breath away when you go in. So I bought a I bought one of those CO2 inflatable life vests to take with me just to like cheap insurance, man. Cause those things, the way they make them, it, you can just throw it on over everything else. And it just like, it's like the ones on the airplane where they use strap it around your waist and clip it. And it's hardly, you hardly even noticeable, but if you go in the water, it's going to pump up with that CO2 charge and save your ass. Yeah. I have them for the jet boat. And, um, I'm always like you, Scott, when they, when they're supposedly going to, the CO2 charge is going to be expired. I'm going to jump in the water one time and see what it really does. Cause mine yeah. you can do manually or as soon as it gets to a certain depth of pressure from that water will pop it open. So, but I want to see it work. Yeah. yeah. They do. I tried mine out one time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, it's expired. I'm changing out the CO2. Let me see if this thing would actually work. And I jumped off the end of the dock and boom, it was, and and I just like, I literally like fell straight forward, this big old belly flop in the water. And I went under and it inflated and it's, it flipped me over and put me on my back with my face out of the water. I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. If I was unconscious, it would have, floated me upright and kept kept me alive was it loud when that thing went off oh i didn't really notice because i hit the water at the same time <laughs> face it down. seems like it would just go bam it just seems like it'd be really no, loud when i it mean it's out. not like it, it just kind of goes and it makes this noise and it kind of fills up and it, it actually doesn't completely inflate it either it inflates it i think like 28 pounds of flotation but then uh you can like blow it up to like 35 or 40 or something like that but jeez yeah, yeah. you gotta blow that thing up man you're but it'll save your ass man i mean if you're gonna be out in that stuff by yourself i i think about that a lot like when i'm when i'm by myself i'm definitely a lot more conservative with what i'll take on like i'm looking at something i'm like yeah, I bet I could do that. You know, I could, I could cross here. I could make it across that, or I could step across this. And I'm like, eh, I'm by myself. Like, screw that. I'm way more yeah. conservative. If I'm with somebody else, it could bail me out. I'm, I might do something a little bit edgier. But 
Well, you know, you the know. thing is, too, people, when they fall in, the, they freak out because, number one, even in the summertime, the water's cold. <laughs> and like I tell everybody that's with me, um, if you fall in, let go of that rod, man. I mean, that's the, the first thing. Let go of the rod and put your feet downstream, you know, because people are, like, trying to hold their rod up and everything else. And I'm like, Get, don't worry about that. We can replace that rod. We can't replace you if you go down. And, uh, and that water, man, it is cold. Even in the summertime, you know, even yeah. in Deckers, yeah. But oh well. Anyway, we didn't even make it to the fishing topic. I mean, to the fishing reports. BJ, what you got? You know what I don't have? I don't have an I don't have an ultimate rod case. Oh my Ooh. goodness! You need to get in the game. Yeah, and this podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Rod Case. If safeguarding your rods and reels is as important as the convenience of arriving with your gear pre-rigged and ready to go, then look no further than the Ultimate Rod Case. The Ultimate Rod Case is fused together from two solid pieces of 16-gauge diamond plate aluminum. Combined with stainless steel components, creating a completely rust-free rod case, which mounts to any roof or ladder rack. Your rods and reels are completely protected and closed in internal PVC rod tubes, which are hand-packed and insulated for thermal protection. With the longest warranty period in the industry, Ultimate Rod Case protects your peace of mind as well. Handcrafted by the McCoy family and their shop in Colorado Springs, the Ultimate Rod Case is available in two, four, and eight fly rod cases in lengths ranging from nine to 12 feet. They even make Ultimate Rod Cases for spinning rods, if you're so inclined. Visit them at ultimaterodcase.com for product information and photos. And follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Ultimate Rod Case. And remember, say no to plastic. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so I don't think I have been fishing since we last recorded, if I think about it. So uh, we're supposed to go. Yeah, I was supposed to go last Sunday. My buddy Andrew was going to go. We we're supposed to get this blizzard of the year coming in and he texted me at like 6 a.m and he already had three inches of snow but uh we bailed because we were gonna go to the trout club and when you go down to the trout club it's probably it's probably a mile plus drive on a single lane paved road downhill you know and when you get in there if it i mean you get a few inches of snow or ice or you might not get back out so um usually steve's up there plowing and keeping it clear but if it hits hard and fast, you can get – I've seen quite a few pictures of people that slid off of it, and it's like straight cliff on the it, side of the road. So that would be an awful place to get stuck. Yep. You just so, have to fish for a couple of days till the plowing gets done. Yeah, and then they got firewood and a fireplace down below. Probably got bourbon. You could probably hike <laughs> – you could probably hike to the top and get get a there's a pizza joint a couple miles down the road. They'd probably deliver to the gate. So yeah, you just have to walk shoes. up, walk up and get your pizza. So we we uh, we bailed and then honestly this whole storm fizzled. I mean we ended up I bet we got an inch of snow out of it at my house and we got a couple inches uh, the other day, but it didn't pan out. I know I was talking to people in like central and eastern PA and I mean I'm here in like Allentown, which is uh, on the west west of Philly, they got like 20 inches of snow out of that storm. So, Jeez. not us. Well, I remember seeing it on the Weather Channel. Well, I should say local news weatherman here, but it looked like it was going to be a pretty big one for you guys. And just yeah. didn't make it to you, huh? 
I tell you what, the past few years, the big snowstorms have missed Western Pennsylvania, and then they hit like State College. We've you've been to State College, Rob? Like they hit that area over and just dump. But for some reason, it'll hit. It'll come off the lake and hit Erie. They always get snow, but down here in our corner, we haven't been getting the big snowfalls. So, which is, I mean, we had we had probably two or three storms that dumped seven, eight, nine inches at a pop on us this year. So. It's plenty That's enough. The kid got the kid got the sled ride a little bit. Nice. I can honestly say that there have been multiple times that I've been driving to the river, and my cell phone has gone off with blizzard warnings: "Do not travel." And I'm like, "Oh, good. Nobody else is going to be there." <laughs> I have never, I've never waved off a fishing trip due to freaking snow or ice or cold conditions or any of that shit. <laughs> Last time uh, I fished, uh, I fished the blue with uh with kurt boys and we had uh we we got there it was like <clears throat> i think it was like 40 something and blue sky and clear and whatever and we climbed down this like super steep hill side get down to the river and the road that we from from the highway to where we parked was this super rutted out like i'm talking like you're the whole side of your car is in a rut for like a hundred yards. And then the other side drops into a big old rut and you have to like keep your tires up on the high side or you're going to bottom out kind of shit. And we get done fishing and we get back to my truck and the tires are more than half buried in snow. I mean, we got like 10 inches or something while we were fishing. And it was blowing snow the whole time. And we get back up at the truck and I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, hold the fuck on because I'm not slowing down. I'm not stopping. I'm just going to go. And if I stop, we're stuck. So I'm like, just hold on. Here we go. And Oh, man, we got we blasted that, out of there. And <clears throat> that I was in the Armada. Yeah, I was yeah, in the Armada. Dude, I just got new tires. Dude, I was like, we get out to the top and open the gate, the BLM access gate and whatever. And Kurt gets back in the truck and I'm like, that's why you spend 1500 bucks on tires right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just paid, yeah. They just paid themselves by us not having to fucking walk out of here in the snow and try to flag down a ride. <laughs> yeah, because there ain't many, there ain't much stuff out there if you're fishing that BLM land. There ain't much enough. Oh, dude, there. we would have had to walk like over a mile in knee deep snow to get back to, well, knee deep for me, like mid shin for Kurt. But, <laughs> yeah, for Kurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have been, uh, it would have been a whole different experience <laughs> if we hadn't been yeah. able to get out of there. So, but then yeah, we I got stuck behind somebody who just was scared shitless because we went like 30 miles an hour all the way back to Silverthorne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sucked. Not even that, dude. It, no, I'm, I'm not even, that's not even close. It was like 10 miles an hour. We didn't even get up to 30. It was I rough. Not excited. Yeah, that's a long <laughs> drive, too. And there's, I mean, it's pretty if you can see it, but if yeah, you're except somebody, when it's white out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you guys ever fished all the way down where the Colorado and the blue meet right there, Scott? Um, No, I don't think so. You should check that area out. That's all I'm going to say about that on this podcast. Confluence. Mm -hmm. It's all I'm going to say about it's, that. It's it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can put it. There's a boat ramp right there. You can put a raft in. Right on. Who else been fishing? 
Who did their reports, everybody, except for me? No, BJ. Uh, BJ did. Oh, just BJ? Yeah. Dang. We've been... Yep. I yeah, he just, he just wouldn't shut up. And he's talking and talking and talking. Yeah, motherfucker talks. <laughs> so I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking motherfucker. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my report just because I got to go and finish up this soup. It's in the broiler, so I got to do that. Um, so I went out to Decker's oh, two weekends ago. Was it two weekends ago? I told you guys. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, weather was decent. Um, yeah, fish the new um, Euro specific rod and line. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I ended up with four fish. So I'd call that a decently productive first outing. Mm-hmm. No indicator, no nothing. It was tough. It was it's it's a it's a learning curve, man. That fucking mono line. Oh, yep. Kiss my mm-hmm. ass. That stream load and tuck cast, man, is your saving grace, man. <laughs> Dude. Mm-hmm. Now I know how some of these Instagram ambassadors feel that can't cast. That's tough. <laughs> exactly. And they're fishing in salt water. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, shit. But, uh, Dude, I was laughing. When you posted your pictures, we were all in Idaho, and we're all chatting, going, and we're, we're looking at it going, where is that? Where is that? Where are those? And we're looking at I'm looking at the background, and we're like, and we couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, God, I, don't, I can't pin it down. And then when we found out where you were, I was like, oh, I don't recognize it without the 12 other people that are usually there. <laughs> How'd you guys get in that spot with nobody else there? Uh, which which one? Y Camp or the other one? I think it was, I don't know. Uh, the one with the, the one with the like grass hill in the background, like okay. the clear cut. Uh, I think it's a black camp. Yeah. No, that that one's not, but that's lower, and I have no, no I, okay. I have no idea how we didn't have anybody there. Ah, because it gotcha. was, and the thing is, is it was a Friday, and it was cold, which I'm guessing yeah. the cold is what keeps them off. Because when it's like Friday in fifties or anything where there's oh, decent weather, it is elbows to assholes, and there's nine million dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun, man. Me and Joe and uh, his buddy Antonio from uh, Front Range, and we caught I don't know, we caught quite a few fish. And like you guys were saying, there was you know we were talking about those big fish that you can see like and that just sit in spots. There was this one, and I sh- I sh- I don't know how I don't know how you would get to get a fly to him because the main channel was running right across his face and there was a big rock below on if I'm looking downstream river left that it was creating a back eddy right so it's it's zooming by his face but then there's a back eddy and it's like eight feet deep and I can see him and he's out there like ten feet and no matter and he's sitting in water that isn't even moving. No matter what I did you couldn't I mean <laughs> if I put flies in front of him they were going down. If I put him behind him they were going down. So there's no, there's literally no way to drop anything to him. And he's just sitting there. And he was a big, big ass rainbow. Big ass rainbow. It just pissed me off. <laughs> just flipping you the bird. Yep. There, back. Keep going. There's a, there's a spot like that at the uh, Trout Club by Fish. It, it's 
they got a little jack dam and then there's a little fast section that hits a big rock and bends right and to the left of it there's just this deep eddy little pool area and there's this monster brown that lives in it and you'll just see i mean it's dull dead water and you'll just see him shoot up and eat something all the time and you can't it don't matter you can't do jack shit you can run a streamer through there it's about the only chance you gotta getting them to eat something but yeah, he's in there eating midges and little freaking. You know, we got winter stones now, and he's in there just hammering shit. And you, there's nothing you can do. You know, there's like uh, a I've got a new, I've got a new tool in the arsenal that I'm planning on taking with me next time I go into Cheeseman to try to access some of those fish that don't think you can get to them. Dynamite. Dynamite. Yep. <laughs> 40, 40 cal. That'll work too. <laughs> Mounted on the no, back I'm of the new truck. About, I'm talking about some trout spay action. Nice, Ooh, do yeah. it, man. I know, dude. I'll, I'll get the to... get the versa versa tips, versa leaders on there, and get get some uh, sink tip. Launch a freaking cast all the way across there. Drop it down in that little bucket that he's sitting in that you can't get a drift to with a nymph rig, and uh, tickle him right in the nose, and maybe piss him off enough to eat it. Dude, I told Steve Maldonado this morning that I wish that I would have picked up that switch rod and the trout spay more when I lived in Colorado instead of when I've gotten here. Because, man, it, it is a game changer, man. You can you can really cover some good distance. And if you got the right versa leaders on there, you can you can drop it on them, man. And we were talking about that this morning, actually. Yeah. Dude, he's, been tying, up, he's been tying up some mean trout spay flies, too. Yeah, he sent yeah. those to me this morning. Dang. I was like, dude, mm-hmm, they are money. Mm-hmm. I told him he needs to get a little more leachy with them, you know, if he can get some leech patterns, especially this time of year. Man, he, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll smack some fish. And so, yeah, he's a good tire. He's tying me up some uh, EP minnows for uh, the Keys. And so uh, he's whipping me up two dozen, some black and red and some purple and black. Oh, money. There you go. Money. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all I fished <clears throat> when I was up in Idaho. All I fished were Maldonado flies. Well, I had one. I fished a couple of smaller standard patterns that I had, but uh, most of it was it, – dude, the flies he's been tying up are just freaking money. I mean, they they look mm-hmm. and, and float and move just perfectly in the water. They're so freaking money. Well, if they're good enough for Umqua, they're good enough for me. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got quite well, a few in there. Caught, yeah, he caught one on uh, on one of his ties up there. He was the only one in our group that caught any. I mean, uh, Ryan caught one uh, just just as we got there. He caught one, um, but for the Colorado guys, Maldonado was the only one lucky enough to <clears throat> get one of the net. Nice. It was a dandy too, man. I saw it. It looked like a nice fish too. 32, 32 inch in. Jeez, man. That's it nice. was delicious. Tisk tisk. Yeah. What? I know. I, I didn't know. see no adipose fin. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't eat fish, so you guys can I was that. laughing because it we were just like, oh man, we're all celebrating and just excited and shit. And then uh Craig was like, hey. That's a hatchery fish. Steve's like, yeah. He's like, you want to bonk it? And he's like, what? He's like, yeah. Should we fucking eat that thing? And I'm like, hell yeah, let's eat this one. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be a hatchery fish. They want you to. I know. 
No, so, they, yeah, just, yeah. they just they make it out of my hands for some reason. Right when I, uh, after no, I mean, I, I generally release everything too, but yeah. uh, but uh, Thomas Lamphere was uh, kind enough to uh, bake it for us for dinner. Nice. So he, he brought his girlfriend over up to the house where we were staying at, and uh, he uh, yeah, he cooked us up a mean dinner with some asparagus with bacon and some potatoes and yeah so it was a good oh. time yeah that's yeah, what it's a great trip man i mean we just it's just perfect i mean flights to spokane are super cheap in fact i just booked another one so i'm going up at the end of the month too <clears throat> oh you got, are of February? I, got, yeah, I got one of those southwest airlines like promo emails that said hey here's some cheap fares and i looked and i'm like oh dang they got denver to to Spokane for 80 bucks. I'm like, yes, please. So I messaged everybody. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to go back up there? And most of the guys couldn't make it, but Craig up in Spokane, he's like, come on, let's go. He's got a boat. Dude, that's so, awesome. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. Let's go do this. So nice. uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, another run at them right at the end of the season. So they kind of, they start spawning in March. So the, mm-hmm. the, I mean, you can still fish for them, but you know, these, most of the people that are kind of catch and release or spay fishing, you know, these guys aren't, aren't fishing for them once they start spawning. Right. I bet you yeah. can roll some beads and do pretty well though. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. guys roll any or was it like, no, no, we, not no, we never did, dude. We never did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we t- kind of talked about it, but you know, we were fishing with, with a couple dudes out of their boats and, you know, I mean, I really just wanted to learn from these guys and, and hanging out with them and spay, just get, get my spay on and practice. And I definitely practiced. I practiced a lot and man, I don't know what it is, but I'm usually pretty coordinated and pick things up pretty quickly, but I pick up the spay casting pretty quickly and then I lose it just as quickly. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Me too. I can't do shit right. And I'm like, what the fuck? fuck am I doing? I'm like, God damn it. And I know, I know exactly what I'm doing wrong. I mean, I'm just not setting my D loop, letting my D loop develop before I come forward. And I, you know, it's just kind of fatigue and you know, whatever. I mean, we, I know I can, you know, get it down at some point, but we were having a good time. I mean, at one point I think I went, I was waist deep in the river for about four and a half straight hours before I finally stepped out to take a piss. I couldn't, I couldn't hold the coffee in anymore. And, uh, it was like, <laughs> Craig was like, dude, he goes, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody stand in a river that freaking long without ever getting out. I was, I was like, wow, that's not normal for me. <laughs> you guys weren't moving. You guys weren't like casting. We, we, we were. Uh, oh, yeah, step yeah, down. No, oh, okay. Step down. I mean, in, in that four and a half hours, I covered probably a quarter mile of river or more. Okay. I mean, it was, we were in a super big spot that was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was big enough for 10 people to stand in there and, and fish. So, and I was kind of working in and out and I'd, I'd go deeper and kind of get deeper swings out there. And, and I was just playing around and, and just practicing and trying to get, get my casting down and tried to a couple new casts that I hadn't done before. So I was working on stuff too, but uh, I did get one good solid grab and uh, a couple head shakes <laughs> And I had a couple others that were maybes, but probably not. 
but yeah, I had one good one that it bumped me and I let some line out and it was just chomp, 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 chomp. And then it started pulling line off of my reel. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'm hooked up. And I start to turn my rod to the side to put some pressure on it. And he gone. Dude, I hate that. Doesn't it suck that you got to just stand there and let that fish take that line? You're just like everything in your body. I know, I know, but it sucks to do that because everything in your body's going, set the hook, set the hook, set the hook. And you're just like, honestly, that five seconds is the hardest thing in fly fishing. (laughs) It's so tough, man. It it feels like forever. (laughs) And your knees are shaking. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's a fucking steelhead. Oh my God, oh my God. And you're just, you can't do anything. You got to wait. You got to wait. It's not like, I mean, I hear people say, oh man, I I hate it when a a fish takes a dry fly. All I want to do is set the hook and and you gotta wait and i'm Dude. like that ain't waiting that ain't waiting I'm <laughs> that's like, not waiting yeah. when, you, when you get an eat it on this sucks, line, man that's fucking way you got line literally this fish was pulling drag and right, i'm just that's going, good here he goes here he goes here he goes and then it just started like spinning my reel so i i lift i didn't even lift my rod up i just pulled it to the side and it just came unbuttoned see dude that sucks man because sometimes you're like oh dude did i lift it too early should i let him go you know and then you're just like standing there it's like oh, he's got some line out should i let him take some more let him take some more and then you just lift it and there's nothing there and you're like oh man i let him run too long or i knew i should have set more or yeah dude it's always like that but <laughs> that's funny i know exactly what you're saying it sucks to stand there and watch that line man, go i mean it dude sucks. if you think about it though just getting a grab like that is fucking Epic. incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. So between July and December of 2020, 170,000 steelhead came through Bonneville. 170,000 mm-hmm. steelhead spread out over literally thousands of river miles. Thousands mm-hmm. of river miles. The odds Thanks. of you getting a fly in front of one of those fish are astronomically low. And yeah. For us to go up there and spend the better part of three days on the river and to have two people in our group of seven people catch steelhead, get them to the net, and more than one, we had another like three people that got legit grabs. I mean, those are good fucking numbers. Yeah. Those are think, great numbers. Think about what those fish got to do as soon as they yeah. get through Bonneville. Dude, it is just gill net after gill net after gill net. I've seen it myself. As soon as they get through Bonneville, they've got to weave their way through this maze of gill nets just to get, even get close to the clear water, man. So, I mean, yep. you're right. Anything that comes over that dam, it's, yeah. it's not that many compared to the way what I heard it used to be, you know, back in the 40s oh, and 50s God. when yeah, there's millions, the but – Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's no joke. I mean, you're seven, eight hundred miles from from the salt water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you take into account everything that fish has gone through to get there, everything you've gone through to get there, and I mean, you literally like in four days, if you get your fly in front of one fish, that's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> I know. know. And, and, and then the yeah. I mean, somebody was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, why would you do that? Like, you're an <laughs> idiot. Like, I went fishing this weekend and I caught five fish, like, blah, 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 you know, and I go, well, 
yeah, I can do that too. Like, but you think about it this way. If, if you're going to go fishing and you know, you've got a pretty reasonable shot at a 40 fish day and you get 20 fish, it's kind of disappointing. You know, you got a reasonable mm-hmm. shot at a 40 fish day. How special are each one of those fish really? You know? Right. Yeah. But if at you've got like, close to zero chance of even getting a bump and you get one, I mean, come on, like it's not even close, you know, and that's why I totally get, I'm not, I'm not like selling all my shit and just going to like live in a van and chase steelhead for the rest of my life. But I get why people do that. I get why people just hang everything else up and they just swing for steelhead and that's all they do. And it's like, they, they'll go three, four, five months without a grab you know, and then they, and they get one and it's all fucking worth it. You know, even when they don't, it's all worth it. I mean, it's just like, it's totally different. It's like, it's like the comparison of, you know, when you first start fishing, all you want to get is a bite. Then all you want to get is a fish. Then all you want to get is a big fish. Then you want to get a bunch of fish. And then after a while, it starts to not really be about the fish, you know, and it's like kind of this normal progression or evolution of, of most fly fishers. But Man, when it comes to swinging for steelhead, it's uh, to to a sane person, it it makes no sense at all. But mm. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, and see, and I I've done it, and it's not my cup of tea for me. I mean, I'll go if somebody wants to, but on that same time, I'd rather go chase permit and stand on the front of a bow for four days and maybe have one shot at a fish, you know. So. I think it's just what you like to do. And so, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I would have been, if I would have went, you guys might've been mad. Cause I didn't let you guys swing it all. And then come back through when you guys were done with the bead rig and just see if there's anything. <laughs> there. and, and to be honest with you, most of the steelhead guys that I fish with, that's what they do. They'll swing a run and they'll let everybody yeah. swing it. And then after that, they'll come through with the bead rig and, and mop up if there's anything in there. Cause those fish will eat that bead too. Yeah. But, you know, I just you just wonder sometimes after you swing a run or something and, you know, your buddy or you come back through with a with a bead rig, you're like, man, I can't believe those fish in there. I swung that thing perfect, you know, and it just they just don't want to eat it because they're not really chasing it to eat it. They're chasing it because they're pissed. And so that's right. why they're they're eating it. And so and you're just trying to piss them off, I guess. But yeah, dude, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's I beautiful. Somebody rolling beads through that shit but you know that's not yeah. what that's not what i want to do and like yeah you know to anybody who i literally like i will say anybody who wants to go steelhead fishing or do whatever just know that you, you have to be okay with spending the money spending the time going to do it with almost no chance of catching a fish you know mm-hmm. and if you're okay yeah. with with the process and the chance of a fish of a lifetime virtually then do it. But if you're going to get up there and get frustrated because it's been three days and I haven't even had a bite, it ain't for you. It ain't for you. And that's what makes, uh, when we went to Alaska, Scott, that's what made that place we went to was so special is that you, you had more shots at yeah. steelhead there because there was more in the river. Um, I don't think they're as big in Alaska, at least the ones that I seen that we caught, we got some nice steelhead, but I don't know well, I, from what I hear. 
What's that? They're not averaging as big as B runs. That's that's what I was thinking too. So I was like, man, I mean, we caught some nice steelhead, but the ones that are you guys were fishing for are big. But they're the big boys. They are the the mm. big fish, you know. And so, I mean, if you want to catch steelhead, maybe do a trip in up in Alaska, you know, where well, there's a lot more fish. It's a totally different game too. I mean, mm-hmm. literally the furthest away from the salt that you can get and still fish for steelhead is right. like eleven miles in Alaska. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not kidding, man. These rivers are not very big. They're right. not very long. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's there's there's lots of them. I mean, there's probably thousands of river miles up there too, but you're fishing close to the salt. And, you know, when they don't have to run very far to spawn, I'm sure they're in and out of the salt, in and out, back into the mm-hmm. river, back to the salt. They probably go up there multiple, multiple times, you know, per spawning session or whatever per season where – when a fish has to go seven or 800 miles to get to its spawning ground, dude, it's going to yeah. like bust nut and turn tail and go back to the ocean and maybe come back <laughs> one more time. It's like those things must really, really want to get laid. <laughs> I mean, that's, thinking you know. that and those poor <laughs> little hatchery fish getting bonked all the way up, but they're not going to do anything anyway. So but, <laughs> yeah, those poor yeah. dudes. They're just like, oh, man, I need to get up here. I'm trying to save so, up. <laughs> so if you want to catch steelhead, go to the Great Lakes, right? There you go. And if you want to go casting, go to the Pacific. Yes. Got it. Thank you. There you go. That's there exactly. you go. Yes. We don't fish out here. We catch. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, there, it's a lot you're easier. It's a lot easier river running sacks yeah you're all out there like a river runs through it look how pretty my spay cast is you know holding hands and singing kumbaya on the river and we're out here slaying on the east coast so send pictures just just crushing rainbows (laughs) that's funny man that's so funny it's a different experience i'm sure (laughs) <laughs> it's totally different, man. I've done. There's no. <laughs> do you have Russian snaggers out there on the Clearwater? What do you guys do? What do you guys do with the uh, non-hatchery fish out there? <laughs> oh, you eat those, those too. Oh, those are called. Those are called bowfin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's some funny uh, stuff. <laughs> those are those are called the smallmouth. They come in in about May and June into the streams. <laughs> So two and it's two, uh, two highlights non non <laughs> fishing highlights from the uh, from the Idaho trip. One was the best and most well stocked fly shop I have ever ever been to in my life. I mean, I was with you know Maldonado and Ron Brown and these guys who are like wicked fly tires. And they were losing their shit over how much stuff this fly shop had and it's called it's in peck idaho and it's called the red shed and the name describes it perfectly because it's a little square red wood shed on the side of the road and it says the red shed and it's a fly shop and uh we were fortunate enough to hang out with uh with the owner the owners, uh, Poppy and Linda, 
who have owned it for God knows how long. They've been married over 50 years. I think he's been fly fishing. He's been fishing the Clearwater for like 70 years. I mean, he's oh, freaking geez. like he's one of the OGs, if not the OG. He was talking about one other dude that he's like, yeah, well, I think he fished it longer than me, but I've fished it more than him. And it was like, they're, <laughs> they're the ones that started it all basically. But uh, so, yeah, this place, it, it was incredible. It was such a cool experience to meet them. We, uh, we, we got to get out to dinner with them and it was their oh. 50, 50 year wedding anniversary. So uh, uh, Craig and Ryan who, and Adam, who, uh, you know, we met up there, they were, they, they've known these guys for a long time. And so that was really, really special. Um, and so the other mentionable was uh, nature's spirit uh, fly tying material. Um, I'm not a big fly tire as you know, but uh, I do have quite a bit of their stuff. And I know that like when it comes to, uh, Marabou and CDC and things like that. I've heard multiple tires talk about, you know, their shit's the best stuff in the business. And, um, so Thomas, uh, Manchild owns that company now. And, uh, we went up and toured their warehouse and their facility where they do, you know, all that stuff. I mean, they, I didn't realize this, but they, they do everything like in house. I mean, they, they make all those products they get bins and bins and bins of feathers and they make all those products there on site. They dye stuff. They do everything there. There was one room that had, I'm, I'm guessing probably a, probably eight or 10 whole moose hides and probably 40 or 50 deer hides, a couple dozen elk hides, like, and they were cutting all the the hair and and doing all the stuff and dyeing everything. And they had this big room that was this marabou dyeing room where they had it all drying. It was all hanging and fans going and stuff. And holy shit, dude! And then they just had racks and racks and racks and racks and racks of everything else, hooks, everything. I mean, anything you can imagine in, in fly fishing. It was it was pretty incredible to see. I had no idea but the scale of that operation. So it was pretty cool uh, hanging out with those guys and <clears throat> seeing that place. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty remarkable trip, even fishing aside. And you know, Thomas is a good dude too, man. I've known him for a while. And you yeah, have we both used, uh, in Washington and fished, fished a lot of the yeah. same waters over there. And, you know, like we, we always make fun when you're talking about fishing the salt, you're talking about Belize and Christmas Island and, and we're talking about the Puget Sound. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, I remember the first time I met Thomas, it was on the reef, uh, at Gray Reef and man, he was a youngster, man. I think he was oh, maybe buddy. 22 at the time. I called him yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that, man. It was that was a minute ago. That was a while ago. I'm glad that he they couldn't have picked a better guy because he knows his stuff, man. And his brother's oh, yeah. just as talented. Well, I don't know. Thomas is pretty good. His brother's pretty good too, though. They're both yeah. good dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and watching watching Thomas's two hand game. Oh my God, he is one of the. He has one of the most beautiful 
spay cast I've ever seen. I mean, he's just, it's just effortless and he's just whipping that thing around and it's just launch it. You're just looking at you're like, okay, what's he doing? Like wiping his line off on the wall. And then all of a sudden a hundred foot cast goes bombing out. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know he was casting. Holy shit. His technique is just like fucking flawless. It's really cool to watch all those guys that we fished with. They're, they're just badasses at that shit. I got so much to learn. Yeah, and you know, and that's the one thing about Thomas, because I fished with him enough where he can throw that spay and turn right around and go, hey man, there's some fish rising on these, you know, size 20 midges, and he'll drop the dimes on it too, man, Um, and then switch right over to an indicator rig, and he doesn't do the Euro stuff too much, but I have seen him do all three of those in like a two hour session, man. I mean, he's just like, Oh man, give me that. I'm gonna do this. I mean, he's, he's pretty legit. He's funny too, man. He cracks me up. Yeah, he's he makes me laugh, good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should all meet. Do you him. remember Rob, you remember when his brother posted them pictures, he had spent like two weeks skinning deer and cutting yes. up deer hair. And he had that pictures yeah. of that truckload of just deer hide, dude. It was like, Oh yeah. I'm, I got a hard on looking at it. I'm like, oh. well, and the way he was talking about it too, like they, they do so much of that stuff that they get first pick at everything. Like they drive yeah. up there, they go through all the hides. They take all the best ones. They get first pick, man. So, you know, and he had this huge like bin or big plastic bag of all the like rejects. And I mean, there's these huge strips of hair and, and, you know, Maldonado and Ron and these guys who are tires, I'm looking at, I'm looking around at all all these thousands and thousands of bins of stuff. And I'm like, I wouldn't know what to do with any of this shit. I wouldn't know the first thing to do with (laughs) man. But, uh, but Steve, you need to get your ass in there. BJ, you need to get your ass in there because you guys would go nuts. But, uh, yeah, Thomas is like, oh yeah. We're like, oh, there's a big old bag of freaking deer hair big old chunks and he's like oh yeah that's all the reject stuff he goes yeah you know it'll still tie it'll still work it's just not perfect it's just not perfect yeah. to our standards he's like but no. and so he's like basically that means take whatever you want and these dudes are like oh shit they're like stuffing plastic bags and they all <laughs> take all the <laughs> i remember that's i gotta hit him up again he was doing um like i remember a couple times he would throw out um like leftover dubbing mixes random shit right and you'd buy a fucking big ass gallon bag of yeah, dubbing off of them, dude. Like, it, yeah. yeah and he's like you know it's just stuff that's left over that they whatever can't sell right and for guys like me like i like to do my own little custom mixes and stuff it's perfect because i'm not gonna i usually don't open a bag and tie a fly with it i'm usually matching colors of stuff i see so i'm usually right. blending stuff together anyway so. And, and you know what I like about Thomas, too? Um, I, you know, when I fish with him, I don't get to fish him with a lot, maybe like once a year or so. And I'll show him, hey, man, I tied these up. And he's pretty brutally honest with you on it, too. He's like, <laughs> man, you're, you know, your wing case is bad, but he just goes straight to the point with me. These look like shit, Rob. They'll probably catch a fish, but they look like garbage, man. Your bodies <laughs> are not. And I'm like, man, I, I, this is my good stuff. This is stuff I keep in the box. <laughs> he's like, these are the ones I was to show you. Yeah, these like, took yeah. me 30 minutes. Yeah, man, this midge took me forever. This is like my 80th one, and I've got it like down. No, man, your body proportions are wrong. You got the wrong size bead on it. You're using a sparkle instead of CDC. I'm like, oh, man, so I just throw them in the trash after that. Right. <laughs> I don't want these. Well, dude, he does a lot of instruction stuff. He'll do like – yeah. 
jokes on on video stuff for you know tying demos and like he's just a super cool approachable guy who he'll just he doesn't care man he just like loves uh-huh. helping people super super nice dude his girlfriend's legit too she's she's really cool she hung with us for a couple of days so yeah yeah dude man he's funny man it just makes me laugh i think this is gonna be his chick too man i think he's gonna He's gonna if she sticks around through the summer. I got a feeling there's gonna be a wedding coming around the. Park. Oh yeah, they were they were already crazy. talking about it. Were they? Oh man, <laughs> Thomas, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we gotta get him. We gotta get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we well, do. I tell you what, you know what? Uh, where he lives at, man. I mean, there are some great, beautiful rivers that flow into the Clearwater, and I mean, I fished up there in the summer. It is so fun up there and it's so pretty you get back away from everybody i mean ton of cutthroat that are just willing to eat any dry fly that's somewhat decently drifted through there yeah we might go chase bull trout when i'm up there later in the month yeah it'd be a good time yeah yeah well rob you should go you might actually catch a bull trout there you go probably not i'll be the bad (laughs) luck on that one dude (laughs) i can't seem to rope one up man so That's the elusive uh, one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a low blow. That was like, yeah. but it's a dream, man. I can't yeah. seem to catch one, man. Was, <laughs> I know I got like, about <clears throat> the rest of this month, and then um, South Fork closes. So that's it. That's After right. that, man, it up. Done. what you really need is a rooster fish in your future. That's what you really Ooh, need. Yeah, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I tell you what, well, dude, book- they have a. Is he na- is he nature spirit or is he? Um, yeah. Yeah. Is he still doing yeah, fish hunter spirit. stuff? Does he still do what? The fish hunter stuff. No. No? I don't think so. Okay. They yeah, I, I think I, nature's so his if I'm and I might be wrong, but so his dad was the fish hunter stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Nature Spirit right. bought that business. Okay. Thomas worked there and then now he owns Nature Spirit. Nice. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, and he owns the building and everything. Good everything. Yeah. The whole, Good, yeah. good marabou. They got some awesome oh, colors. I like some of their colors for Stillwater stuff. I need to pick some up this year. Yep. Their CDC's awesome too, man. It's better than any other I've had. It's huge. It's like just monster and the, CDC. the fibers are just perfect. Yep. Because he's probably got a little comb that he combs every single one and then puts in the package. <laughs> I can probably see him doing that. He, he combs it and then he licks it and he puts it in the bag. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, are That's we talking cool. about fly time or weed? COVID. Yeah, but COVID won't last probably long. both. By the time probably it shows both. up, the COVID will be dead. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be. You gotta be careful. You might get a cold sore from Thomas's CDC. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Then again, you might not. Just depends on how well you're putting it on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Rob, you fish? Yeah, I actually have fished. Uh, I fished. uh, I broke the the cardinal rule since I'm not guiding anymore. I don't care. Uh, I went and fished the Oahe which is kind of a no-no as a guide, but we had a good day. My, we were throwing small midges and I caught my first fish for 2021 on a dry. So I was good with that. Then I fished in town twice this week and, um, uh, man, I'm just struggling staying warm. 
I know that sounds stupid, but like we were saying before, man, my feet are just freezing. And so it, I uh, fished for about, I don't know, four or five hours on Tuesday. And I left because I was catching fish too. And I left because my feet were freezing. And today I didn't last maybe two hours. And I was like, dude, I am just freezing cold. And so uh, I got home and I told Rebecca and she was like, it's freezing outside and you're fishing. And I'm like, I know. It's like, yeah. So I don't know if I got to figure out something else with my socks, I guess. And so You just yeah. got to get a hot tub and then warm you back up. I know. So I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's it. You know, I just throw in the, the dirty Euro stuff right now. And uh, except for at the Oahe, we were uh, just throwing dries. And so, yeah. And so, but I need to get those uh, Scott and Steve. I need to place an order with you guys to go down and find that place that's got those fire bead, uh, like they're white. Um, I don't even know what you call them. I don't know what the name of the flies are, but man, those are money right now. Um, they got an orange bead, and then it's uh, almost like a Ray Charles, but uh, it's called a fire bead, is what I remember them called. I bought a bunch in Wyoming oh, like when I was out there fishing. Yeah, like it's a like a bug bug. With, an, with, a, with a hot orange bead on it? Yeah, I bought some from uh, 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 Cowboy Drifters when I was up there in Wyoming. I bought like three dozen, and I'm finally down to like the last five or six. So I need to, to place an <laughs> order and see if I can find because we don't have them here. Dude, Nobody if I can message, message Charlie Poole. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just – yeah, be sure and message him. Don't leave him a voicemail. Yeah, call yeah, Charlie yeah, and leave him a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, man, before. why don't you call me back, man? This is the fourth message I've left your ass. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so funny, funny story about that. Um, I was meeting Charlie Poole, and we were going to fish on the North Platte, and uh, he was running late, and I'm like, where is he, man? So I call his cell phone. He doesn't answer, and uh, I'm like, man, where? he's like 30 minutes late. I'm like, man, I wonder if I'm in the wrong spot to meet him, and finally I called him again, and he uh, got to the – I saw him driving down the canyon, and uh, I was like – he pulls up, and he goes, why are you calling me? And I said, because, dude, I was making sure I was in the right spot. He's like, I can't hear you because you're calling me. He's like, text message me next time. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, dude, Bob was like, good job, dumbass. So, yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about it because, you know, I mean, when you're with him, you don't even realize that he's deaf, you know. And so because he's just normal dude. And so I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So (laughs) it was awesome. My bad. Yeah. 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 Well, I've caught myself a few times fishing with him where, you know, like you said, you just, you forget about it because, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, he just, he just him, you know, he just Mm -hmm. manages that so well that I'll be sitting there talking to him and I'll I'll look over and I'm like, oh, he's not facing me. So he can't hear me, you know, he can't read my lips or anything. And I'm like, Oh, and I smack him on the back of the shoulder and he turns around and I say what I was going to say, but uh, I'm just sitting there talking. I'm like, Hey, what's up? Oh, sorry. You're not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not facing you. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember back of my neck twitching. He's like, wait, are, are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> I remember fishing with him one time in Colorado and he was way downstream and he's like yelling at me and stuff. And I was upstream and I couldn't really hear what he was saying. Cause it was so far away. And finally he gets pissed off. 
walks up the river and he looks at me and goes, are you fucking deaf? Because I've been trying to tell you that there's a bunch of fish down here. And I just started rolling laughing, man. I just was on the ground crying. It was so funny. So we went down, fished it. But yeah, it was so funny, man. And you know what? For somebody with a handicap like that to be such a good guide as he is, is unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And so, yeah, well, I mean, like I said, he just he just manages it so well that you mm-hmm. just forget about it. I mean, the very exactly. first time I was ever going to fish with him, I was like, yeah, well, I don't care. We'll figure it out, whatever. But I was cu- literally curious, like what it's going to be like hanging out with a deaf dude fishing all day. And I mean, it was no different than fishing with anybody else, you know, except for the couple times where I was a dumbass and wasn't facing him when I was talking. But <laughs> that's on me, not him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it but I would say uh, I'd say reach out to him or uh, or Chris Michaels. I bet they can hook you up with some some of those flies. Yeah, I need to do something, man, because uh, I'm almost out of. Where did you buy them at the Reef Fly Shop? Uh, Cowboy Drifters. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cowboy Drifters. Okay, well, I might be. Hmm, I won't be there. I'll probably be up at the Mile uh, this weekend. Well, if, but, you, if uh, you roll through uh, Casper and you go into the, you know, I don't know, what's the name of the flash? The Ugly Bug that's in uh, downtown Casper. Uh, man, they got them there. If, you, if you're if you in there, just call me, man, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get you some cash, dude, if you can pick me up. Well, we've got, we've got a, uh, our new branch just opened up up in Casper, so I'll be up there uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Okay. Yeah, just let me know. Nice. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Yeah. Sorry, my AirPods. I've seen though. I don't know what those are called, but I've seen the. I've seen them tied. I've seen a tying video where dude ties those. Yeah, it's driving me nuts because I know exactly what pattern you're talking about. Yeah, I'll take a picture of and send it to you guys. Um, I got like a half a dozen left, and those things were crushing. Um, at the spot I was fishing at on Tuesday, I was like, dude, I don't want to lose these. It's so. Does that have a soft tackle on it? Yep. Right okay. around the collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just a yeah. the fire bead soft hackle sow bug. Is that what it is? That yeah. thing is money, man. And about a size 18, wrecks, man. Even on the swing, they were eating it. So Yeah, I yeah. think I've got them. I'll take a picture and send it now. There okay. you go. Is it caddis season yet? Because that's what I'm tying. I wish. <laughs> Me too. It's always season. <laughs> It's always cash. That's right. Steve. All right, so I got a listener uh, question from our boy Rudy. Get it. So Rudy asks us, uh, what are the pros and cons of joining a private trout club? So for me, um, I'm fortunate enough that the company I work for, we do a membership every year. And uh, something we started, oh, wow six, seven years ago, probably now, eh, maybe five or six years ago. Um, you know, we, we developed it as a opportunity for our, our salespeople to take some contractors, build some relationships. And then obviously I can, you know, if nobody's using the passes, I can grab them and, and head up and take the wife or a friend or whatever. So, um, I would say from my vantage point, you know, um, they can be costly, but really, I mean, if you look at hobbies that people spend money on, I mean, the club I that we All have a membership at, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I know people that spend four grand a year on a golf membership, right? Like, 
I don't know any fishing other than uh, I forget the name of it. Home waters club out in central PA, which is, you know, on, on the little Juniata. Um, other than that, I don't know anything that's four grand for, for a private trout club membership. Um, <laughs> you know, most of them I'd say are pretty affordable. Um, you know, you, you know, where there's fish there, you don't have to go find them. They're big fish. They're, uh, well taken care of. I tell you, you know, our local place, the yellow Creek trout club, Steve works his ass off maintaining that place. He's always in there. I mean, I've seen him chest deep in waders cutting trees that fell out, you know, tree falls. It, he's right in there, clearing that stream out, keeping it going good. You know, I've had many of my favorite spots on public water, just trash because a tree falls in it and that's it i mean it ain't that that tree's there and you can't fish through it so you know you you lose a spot typically um you know i'd say camaraderie i meet a lot of good people you got a chainsaw now dude use it oh yeah (laughs) yeah the 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 game commission doesn't really like me out there in a stream cutting trees out of the freaking water well i didn't say get (laughs) caught or ask permission just do it oh okay (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, and I will say our, our local TU does a lot of stream cleanups where they'll go in and clear stuff like that out of a couple streams, but that's maybe two or three bodies of water. Um, you know, so I'd say good fish, plenty of fish, fish all year round. This year has proven that to me pretty heavily. You know, our uh, we had super low water this fall. So our state kind of scaled back the, the fish stocking for the fall. Typically, they'll throw a really healthy fall stocking in, and you can fish, you know, some of our, we call them delayed harvest waters, artificial only waters, all through winter and catch good fish. This year, nothing. I mean, they put a couple buckets of seven-inch stock, you know, little trout, and that's it. They didn't put any big fish in, which they shouldn't have. Those fish would have died. Um, there was no water in the rivers. So, you know, Steve, he, uh, all he did was skipped a month of stocking, you know, and, and a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain, whatever. He's right back at it. Right. he's, he's stocking every single month. He's putting fish in, um, you know, where he's at, there's a state park above it. So he'll actually get, there's, there's walleye in his stream. There's smallmouth in his stream. There's some huge carp because, you know, he's got, he's got feeders. They get fed once a day. Right. And, uh, dude, there's some monster carp that I'm going to get up there in the summertime and get after that. I always want to, and I always forget to, um, cons. I, I, I don't know if there's really any cons other than people just talk shit about it. And some people are sensitive to it, but screw them. I'm catching fish and they ain't. So I, I, I do, I will have to say on that side of it, BJ, there is one con that, I mean, I've definitely fished and, guided on private water and public water the bad thing that the, that the con is that i feel is that if you fish just consistently on private water when you do go to that public water there is that little bit of technique that you've kind of lost because you are fishing to fish that are uh, you know that are not getting fed so your drifts kind of start to get a little sketchy you can get away with some crappy drifts at the you know private places then you go to public water um, you, you really kind of get away from your basic technique kind of stuff or even some technical stuff, um, uh, especially like when at Rainbow Falls or Boxwood, you know, going there and then going back and fishing, like Scott was saying, at the blue. 
I mean, you got to really go back to, you know, like some technical fishing because those fish are smart that are in the private and the public. They're both smart. They both get caught. But it seems like there's not as many fish in the public waters. So, but man, it's a love and hate relationship. Right now, I would love, love, love to go to your trout club, man. <laughs> I, mean, I would love it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, for, for me, wild fish are number one, always will be. Right. And, you know, but for me, that's a two hour drive. Eh, I mean, I got some there's some stuff in the backyard, right? I can go brook trout fishing in 20 minutes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if I want to go catch some big wild brown trout, yeah, I'm probably driving two hours. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to go, if I want to go catch a big ass stock brown trout, I can drive 40 minutes. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big difference there. But, uh, honestly for, for me here, I mean, stock fish or stock fish, it's harder yep. to catch fish at our trout club than it is at my local public stock trout stream. Do you think it's it's because they uh, stock so much on the public water, like they're constantly stocking dumb fish in there, and then the fish that are in the trout club, they they know they're there to get caught, so they kind of are like, hey, man, we got to really watch what we're putting in our mouth. I mean, our public water only gets stocked once or twice a year, typically. you know, some sections might get three or four, you know, Pennsylvania, typically like, uh, our delayed harvest is going to get stocked two weeks from now. And then they'll stock again in April and then they won't stock it again till the fall till September. Mm. So it might get three, some might get four stockings at most, but, um, I don't know what it is, but uh, I do know what it is. The, the private water, those fish see everything. Mm. Those fish see a lot of flies. You know, mm-hmm. the public water, and it's different here, right? Uh, we still have a shitload of spin fishermen out here that are just ripping, you know, spin lures across the stream. And I, I'd still say there aren't, you know, we got a bunch of fly fishermen, but there aren't as many as you guys deal with out west, right? There aren't as many as you guys deal with in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different on that aspect, right? We got a lot of guys that are, bait fishermen that fish april may and then they're done right and they put five baggies of fish in the freezer and then they throw them away in september when they find them again and that's, that's what i was gonna that's tell scott fishing. and that's what, that's, what was, that's what i was gonna tell scott about bonking that hatchery steelhead dude i'm cool with yeah. that it's just the guys that kill those fish flay them out and then they sit in their freezer for a year and their wife finally gets mad and goes get this crap out of here or it's freezer burned. Yeah. Ate that entire fish the the well not the same night, but the next night we ate that entire fish. That's awesome. It was delicious. <laughs> oh dude, I went last year was it last year? Last year we went when we were in Florida and uh we caught some snook and some uh redfish and same deal, man. They pulled them out, they filleted them, and we took them to a local restaurant. You can actually take a bag of fish into this restaurant and then they'll cook the fish for you and serve it to you. And dude, that was nice. That's amazing. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. When but, I you know, caught those, I'd say uh, mahi in Mexico, we ate those that night. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, I mean, as long as you're, I'm cool with people catching and keeping fish. And I actually think that it helps the fishery on some point. Oh, it absolutely it, like, does. 
But man, I mean, I the place I was fishing at today, full of bait fishermen guys out there, and I know those guys are just like BJ saying, just putting it in the freezer, and they sit there for a year until they're tired, of, and they just throw it away, and they do that every single time they go fishing, you know, and so yeah, but, it drives me nuts. But the same, but the same, but the same people do it with the deer they shoot in the fall, right? Uh, They'll true. go out and shoot freaking two or three deer, and they sit in the freezer, and then nine months later they're like, oh shit, we never ate this, let's throw it away. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. wasteful people are wasteful people, man. I mean, yeah, I won't, true. I won't keep anything. I'm not going to eat the only me. freshwater, the only freshwater fish. That's not Scotty. The <laughs> only freshwater fish I'll, I'll keep is uh walleye. Yeah. If I go, if I, I go to get, Lake Erie and hammer some walleye, some walleye, dude, I seriously want to put like 10 pounds uh, of walleye in my freezer. Cause I will uh, eat the shit out of that. You gotta, yeah, you gotta come out. You gotta come out my way. Well, Lake Erie. And uh, we went out a couple years ago, and four guys probably caught 45 walleye, and we each brought 10 pounds each back home. There we go. So we can get some walleye. We can go get some steelhead. It'll be a great trip. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in. Be fantastic. And and I'll put you on some bowfin. Yes. Yeah, I heard those. You ever see bowfin? I have. Yeah. Yeah, I I yeah, I wouldn't yeah, even catch bowfin on streamers. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they just took I those place big snapping rigs. Oh no, I there's there's bowfin that out here that you can catch them on streamers on a fly rod. Nice, but anyway, nice. Dude, that's it's cool. still flossing, but it's a streamer, so you can call it fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, they eat. No, they're eating. I thought they were filter feeders. Filtering that line. No, you're mouth. thinking of. Uh, no, you're thinking of uh, paddlefish and shit oh, like that. Oh, bowfin are like snake. They look like bowfin. Look like bowfin and snakehead are both. Oh, very I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. Similar looking fish, dude. Those are uh, those snakeheads are actually really good eating. I don't know about bowfin, but I know the snakeheads. That's are what good. I've heard. Yeah, well, the snakehead are invasive species out here, and the bowfin are actually you can. I don't know if they're native. I don't know. They might be <laughs> wild native. I'm not sure. Native wild. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let me tell you about our bowfin stocking program. We've put <laughs> 9 million fish in this system so far, and they seem to be doing pretty well. Right. That should be uh, that should be our next sticker is just a picture of a bowfin that says native. <laughs> PA. Native. PA. Yeah. You respect about. How about a picture? How about a picture of a snakehead that just says "delicious"? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Ask Justin Wynn, dude. He's down there in Florida eating snakehead all day or day. No thanks. Yeah, that dude can cook. Didn't you go fish with him, Rob? So, uh, no COVID. uh, COVID. No COVID. Closed it down. Yep. Oh man, that's too bad. I want to go down there and fish with that dude. Well, if you do, that let urban, me know. I'll go urban with peacock bass and shit, dude. That looks like a blast, man. Well, if you do, let me know. I'll go with you, Scott. I'll go. Oh, with yeah. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got his captain's up. license too, so he can yeah. guide in the Everglades as well. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So let me know. Yeah. But, well, you two, Scott and Steve, that's probably, where you got to get to. Yeah. Would know what do you guys think? You guys have been fishing some private water for a while. What do you guys think? 
That's Steve's topic. Is that my topic? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I can vouch all fucking day long for how sloppy you get fishing private water all the time <laughs> and then going and fishing highly, highly pressured public water. It is a yeah. fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, like, I used to be, you know what I mean? I, I would pride myself on being able to go to the San Juan and do whatever I needed to do, and I would catch fish easily. Not even, you know, not even a not even a challenge up there. It wasn't anymore. And, you know, then first few times out at Decker's, you know, with you guys here, same thing. Go catch a ton of fish. Easy. Stay off Decker's for, you know, once, twice a year. And, you know, fish fish a shit ton of private, you know, Rainbow Falls all the time. And go back to, oh, hey, I'm going to go fish Decker's in the middle of winter when they're really picky. <laughs> you know? That kind of mentality. And I'm like, Jesus, I am I am absolute shit. My drifts are shit. My freaking hook set is shit. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is just garbage. So it's... Uh, that's funny. It's taking me, you know, I'm I'm easing back in and getting my getting my tailwater feet again. So that's good. But goddamn, dude! I mean, yeah, those uh, those rough. those quote unquote wild fish are a little less forgiving, huh? dude. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know what's really funny is when uh when I started trout sniper fly fishing guide service, I did nothing but private water and all the other guide services. They'd be like, man, it must be nice to be on private water all the time. Dude, you need to come out here and fish with us and blah, blah, blah. And now look at them. Everybody is on private water. And I'm like, see, I know yeah. what's fun. Cause the clients like to catch fish, man. Yes. And so, but, well, it's a totally different experience too. I it mean, totally is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I would say, in in a lot of cases, it's a lot less work for the guide too. Yeah. In the sense that you know, when you go into a private, whatever private water that has amenities like kitchenettes and picnic tables and gas grills and shit like that, versus I got to haul all that shit to the river to go, you know, entertain some clients and, and put some warm food in their bellies. You know, that's, it definitely kind of takes some of the pressure off. Uh, but I will say this though, for like Rainbow Falls specifically, like I've fished a few different private, um, you know, private properties that have pellet heads that, uh, you know, that Rainbow Falls, those fish, yes, they are fed pellets occasionally, but, uh, and they're, they're reared on them primarily, but once they're in the rivers, the lake fish there seem to be pretty easy to catch, but the fish that are in the rivers, there's, there's big numbers. So you tend to get into fish more, but those larger fish, they're not, they're not all that easy to catch. You'll see them, but man, they'll, they'll, just like see your shit coming and get out of the way. Like they're heavily pressured too, just like in some of these public waters that we fish here in, in Colorado. So, I mean, when I, when I take people up to rainbow falls, I'm like, you know, don't think you're going to come up here and just start hammering huge pellet heads all day. This it's not a gimme up there. I mean, it's, you got to work for those fish. You still got to have a decent game. You still got to have good drifts. You still got to, you know, put in the work and, 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 
make a good presentation. And really what it's, what I've noticed is the biggest difference between there and like a lot of the public waters that I fish is you have to figure out the color. They, and, and every time I go up there, it's a different freaking color. Like uh, I was up there last time and they wouldn't hit anything but red. And it was like, boom. And you had to get the right size and you had to get the right pattern, but you could fish, you know, you could fish, a dozen different brown patterns, but all they'll eat is a brown zebra midge. Like what the fuck, you know? So you got to go through flies until you figure out what they're keying on. And it differs from time to, from, you know, each visit, it can be different. Um, you know, or you can just go with the, with the old staples and, and throw a gray RS2 or mercury RS2 and, and something like that. And you'll pick up some fish, but if you, you know, really dial in the right bug, you're going to have a great day. Uh, and, and that's one of the big differences between like the private and, and some of the public waters, but I don't know, the con side of it is, you know, you, you likened it pricing wise to a, a golf membership and you know there's there's more likenesses to that um in the sense that i i was a member at a golf course and i just felt like i had to freaking golf there because i was paying to be a member there i stopped golfing everywhere else you know and it's like you know, that's one of the yeah. downsides of, oh, well, I got this trout club and, well, I'm, I'm not going to go fish any of that public water where there's other people. I'm going to go up here and fish the trout club and where I can go in and open the gate and go in and the gate closes behind me. And, you know, it I, I know there's not going to be Joe Public in there fucking shit up, you know, and uh, that's the I, that could be a pro best. and a con, you know. But to me, it's like I, I want to go try out a bunch of different places. I want to go fish and explore. And, you know, so like I have not once, let's see. No, I have not once gone up to rainbow falls by myself just to go fish. The only time I go up there is when I'm taking somebody else up there. Somebody hasn't been there. Somebody who, Hey, we're just going to go hang out for a few hours. Oh, let's just roll up to the falls and I'll bring some burger patties and we'll, we'll just uh, have a nice low pressure, stress-free day. Don't have to put boots and waders on. We can just hang out and have fun and, and bang some fish and you know, whatever. But I'm not like, Oh man, I, I got to get up there and go fish. You know, when I go fish by myself, like I don't go there. You know, and, but like I look at it like for Steve's situation. I mean, shit, dude, it's perfect for you, man. You got oh, dude, to take it. the whole family up there. Like it's freaking perfect. Donuts on that the was, way in, coffee on the way in. You know, yep. and like see, you said, and get, that's a get to the gate, close the gate, and you leave all the fucking commoners behind you. I know, <laughs> love it. And then when you're fishing, you can look out over the gate and you can see the dust clouds from yeah. all the quads and the bikes running. You're like, oh, peasants. Yeah, I see all those <laughs> pores riding bikes and shit, and I'm smashing tigers. <laughs> well, dude, and that that makes me think too, Steve, that a, a con about a private place is you can take your family there and they've got a, you know, a good day. You know, if they need to get in the truck or something like that, it's right there. Family-wise, it's good to go. And another good con is you really learn how to fight big fish at these private clubs. I mean, I, I pride myself on fighting a big fish and I also pride myself on netting uh, fish and especially big fish. And I learned that from the private 
clubs that I was always at fishing or guiding at. And I mean, you, you can learn some, some valuable skills when you do get on that public water and you hook that big fish. I mean, it helps, it helps a lot, you know? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not all negatives. That's for sure. Yeah. But the, the, the loss of skills, dude. Here, I, mean, fucking, I can't I can't even can't even tell you how true that is. Here's what uh, you'll get it back, dude. Yeah. Here I'll, I'll hi, so, say hi so to Sage. To, oh so to summarize it so to summarize it up for Rudy, um private or I would say public water fishing is like hunting deer in Pennsylvania and private water fishing is like hunting deer in Texas. So. <laughs> the high fence deer hunting. <laughs> but you know you're going to shoot a big deer in Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll tell you what, man. I've had my ass whipped by some big fish at Rainbow Falls. Just some of those big ones that are just hot and they move just so fast. Oh, dude. I had... Uh, so I, I a couple years ago, I was at the club and I typically... like. Up there, they don't they don't turn the feeders on till almost dark, right? So, you know, them fish are eating bugs all day, and then you know when when you get into the early afternoon, they start to slow down, and you know why, right? They're getting ready for feeding time. So, so you bust out the pellet flies at sunset. But so the one year I was there, <laughs> and uh, and the feeders started going off, and and I always have myself a little wooden bead in my bag, right? So. <laughs> I've done it, man. I you know. <laughs> so, so I throw, and it pisses you off because you just fish for eight hours, and you might catch five fish, six fish, whatever, right? You feel like you had a good day. Them fucking machines go off, and you see hundreds of fucking fish. Yeah. <laughs> and you realize how badly you suck at this. How bad you are, right? <laughs> so I, I hurry up, and I throw this wooden bead on, right? And, and I was fishing on a on a indicator, and and I drift down through my indicator freaking bottoms out takes off right. I set the hook, and this fish runs straight downstream at like a hundred miles an hour, and I get three head shakes, and all my shit comes flying right back in my face, and I'm like, "You <laughs> son of a bitch, you've done this." You had him in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was in the mouth. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a foul hook if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I caught. So uh, my wife and I were fishing a couple months ago, and, and uh, I'm I'm fishing to this one. It was super low water, super clear, right? So we're sight fishing. And I'm fishing to this fish, and I I hook it, and it runs. Straight at the one freaking log in the stream, right? Oh, like them fish go every goddamn corner of that stream, right? You know, straight underneath it and pop. I'm like, God damn it. It's like, what? Not like, his first rodeo. Yeah, I said he'd done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but their brains are only the size of a pea. Remember that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they just outsmarted you. Yeah. <laughs> the other con is, uh, is is having a wife who who likes to fish as well. That place is pretty much ruined her for damn near anywhere else. Yeah, you can't take her anywhere else. No, no. I mean, she she likes, uh, I can take her brook trout fishing. She likes 
some some native brook trout stuff and appreciates the beauty of all that but yeah i can't take her to much other public water to fish for stocked fish she's like why aren't we going to the club like those fish are stocked too and they're bigger <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what uh, good point well and that that's actually true i mean that brings up you know another point is when you take somebody to somewhere like that who's just getting into fly fishing you know you set these expectations where like everything else they do is going to be a disappointment you know and it's like uh you know whatever but well, I we used to do like fishing schools and stuff and and you know it would be like oh hey we got an opportunity to do the fishing school up at boxwood or at rainbow falls or you know one of these private places and all right well this is gonna suck because i'm gonna sit here and tell people like okay, it's not always like this. Like, <laughs> because the yeah. whole point of the fishing school is we're here to teach you, you know, skills that you can take and go do this on your own and be successful. Well, yeah, the be successful part, you need to kind of temper that a little bit with, okay, when you go out and fish public water and here, here's what the actual expectations should be, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you're screwed. Yes, see, I remember those days too, man. I remember those good old Colorado skies, man. <laughs> yep. you, yeah, you did that with them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, That's where we met. That's where yeah. you and I met. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was what? Who is this? 10 wild years ago? Over here. Huh? What was that? Was that like 10 years ago? Um, It was like not quite. It was like 2012, end of 2012, early 2013. Man. Jeez. Nine years ago. That's crazy. Mm. hmm Well, see, what are we at, man? We're probably in there. Dunzo. Oh dang. Oh We're like, dang. Uh our our fitty. So yeah, we got another oh, ad readers. Damn. Uh, yeah. It's up to you. I got one more teed up if you want, but dang. Oh, uh, I gotta get off personally. All right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, dang, girl. Save it. Save it. I was going to do a gear review. Oh, damn it. All right. Well, well save, save your gear review. I Save it. And we'll be back hopefully in two weeks. All right. And we'll talk, up, and we'll talk about Patagonia. Ooh. Hey, can can we do this? That is Let's my gear review. It. Oh, that is his gear review. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wasn't talking about drama, but I do have a legit gear review for some Patagonia stuff that I've had for about a year now. There we go. Teaser. Surprise it lasted that Teaser. long. Teaser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <shit. laughs> That'd be a good topic. I can't wait for that one. Somebody's man. bitter. Yeah, I love <laughs> Just it. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we uh, I don't have it up, but does anybody got fifty two eighties game? I do not. Oh, oh hell yeah! Anybody? Scotty does. Scotty, yeah, sure enough. I mean, we've been talking about private water. We've been talking about boxwood. We didn't talk about Pueblo, which I know they've been hitting that up, which mm-hmm. is uh, awesome. But uh, yeah, this podcast is brought to you by fifty two eighty angler. If you're searching for expert guides and fly fishing fun on the front range, be sure to check out 5280 Angler. Whether you're looking to sharpen your skills on the South Platte system or any other local system, plan the perfect date or host the ultimate party on the water, 
5280 Angler has your trip covered. The guides at 5280 have the passion, the skill, and the experience to serve you. Find web specials at 5280angler.com and check out recent trip picks on Facebook and Instagram at 5280angler. 5280 Angler is passionate about service and wild about fish. Nice. Boom. And they're good dudes. Yeah. Hella good dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They're good all the way around, man, honestly. Well, another one in the books. Nice. Sorry I was in we'll and out, but I was cooking, I was cleaning, I got feeding kids. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, listen. It's all right. That soup looks legit, so nothing else matters. Right. <laughs> send that recipe. Yeah, I'll send it over, boys. <laughs> oh, I'll just look on your Pinterest. I'll find it. There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, ch- I changed my profile picture to a daffodil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Link below. Link below. <laughs> you boys so, have fun. I guess we'll hit you guys up in two weeks then again. Yeah, two weeks. Don't forget, Rob's. Uh, we'll post his OnlyFans on the Instagram account and. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Go yeah. for PPV. PPV. <laughs> what about his? I love it. What about his GoFund? What about his? What about his GoFundMe for the uh, pedagogy oh, yeah, fight? Yeah, we're gonna raise some yeah. political funds. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I got take down fees, a dude. Yeah, we gotta get those paid up. Political yeah. action committee. <laughs> yes. yes. Let's take down a conglomerate. Let's do it. Hey, if oh. Reddit, if Reddit can do it, we ought to be. Able to Ooh. Do it. Right. Yeah, everybody go out and buy some AMC. I need my money back. Thank you. <laughs> that is AMC, wild. That's awesome. <laughs> go to the movies. Thank you. Go to the movies. Yeah. Go to the movies. Buy some crypto. All right. Go catch some fish. All right, boys. Peace. See ya. Be safe. <laughs>